0: Michigan Opera Theater's Opera Here podcast. This is Andrea Scobie
1: and Arthur White
0: with Michigan Opera Theater.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today as we take a look at MOT's latest production, An Experience Called Bliss, which will be presented at the Michigan Building Theater on September 25th.
0: Bliss brings audiences the kind of operatic experience that has never been seen in Detroit, and in fact has rarely been seen anywhere, as this marks only the third production ever mounted of the piece. Part opera, part installation, part avant-garde performance art, Bliss brings audiences some of the most glorious music ever written, but presents it in a very unlikely way. Bliss takes the
1: finale of Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro and presents a three-minute section for a marathon 12 hours straight. The libretto consists of only three lines. A philandering count begs his wife's forgiveness, singing, My countess, forgive me. She responds, I am kinder, and I grant it to you. Then the full ensemble joins in together, singing, All will now be happy. And so it repeats... And repeats and repeats, becoming a meditation on forgiveness, happiness, transcendence, and grace.
0: Bliss was conceived by the Icelandic artist Ragnar Kjartansson for a performance art festival in New York in 2011. It was then mounted in Los Angeles in 2019 and of course has its premiere here in Detroit on September 25th, 2021. In reviewing the piece, the LA Times wrote, The Count pleaded for pardon until he was blue in the face. The Countess, in an act of extreme grace, overcame her anger until she was blue in the face. The rest of the characters gave their approval until they too were blue in the face. Stick with it for a while and you might start believing that redemption, however unreceptive in our current culture, is the only way of the world.
1: Another critic writes, The Countess found seemingly infinite ways to be resigned, compassionate, forbearing, affectionate, sympathetic, absolving, loving, or just sick and tired of the whole thing. Rather than becoming tedious or exasperating, the repeated passage becomes ever more meaningful and deeply touching, revealing nuances and a new emphasis.
0: Bliss marks a unique opportunity to experience opera and some of its universal and uplifting themes in an incredibly new way. And it's significant for Detroit as well, as Bliss will take place in the Michigan Building Theater, marking the first performance held in the space for 50 years. The Michigan Theater, as it was initially known, opened in August of 1926 and was run by Detroit's first theater tycoon, John H. Kunsky. In an interview with the Detroiter about the theater's opening, Kumsky said, "'It's not merely a theater for Detroit, but a theater for the whole world. It is designed to be the great showplace of the Middle West.'" Upon its opening, the Michigan Theater was hailed as a new jewel for Detroit, with the Detroit Free Press saying, quote, "'It is beyond the dream of loveliness.'" Historic Detroit notes, the theater was loaded in extravagant details, The lobby was complete with columns and red velvet hangings, marble archways, lavish towering columns, baskets of flowers, and large crystal chandeliers. Stars like the Marx Brothers, Frank Sinatra, Louis Armstrong, Glenn Miller, and Benny Goodman all appeared on the Michigan Theater stage. But by the late 1940s, the theater had shifted away from music and live performance in favor of movies. A movie screen was installed, and for the next 20 years, the Michigan Theater showed only films. In subsequent years, it became a supper club, a nightclub and a concert venue with headliners like David Bowie, the New York Dolls, T-Rex and the Stooges. In the late 1970s with the theater falling into serious disrepair, the owners looked into demolishing it, but a structural survey found that the theater's demolition would jeopardize the adjoining Michigan building where offices were still in use. Historic Detroit writes, The solution was one of the most unusual, albeit creative, fates to ever befall such a landmark. It would be carved into the state's only Italian Renaissance style parking garage. Parts of the theater were preserved, including the lobby, proscenium arch, and decorative plaster work on the ceiling. The fascinating juxtaposition of the now utilitarian parking garage and the ruins of the ornate and once resplendent theater makes the Michigan theater building a spot of interest, drawing tourists and other onlookers to the space. But in MOT's performance of bliss, we will truly have the opportunity to honor the beginnings of the space, bringing live music back once again. So I don't know about you, Arthur, but I am incredibly thrilled to be in that space hearing music. It is so gorgeous and such an important piece of Detroit's history.
1: Well, it's one of my favorite portions of music or sections of music. I've said it often. It's a sublime uh, moment uh, in the opera. So I'm excited to see this played out uh, over this long period of time. And also uh, I've never been uh, to the Michigan Theater Building. So it's going to be so it's a new uh, experience for me as well.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, a new experience in venue, and I think a new experience hearing Mozart like this. Um, I know you and I have gone around to communities talking about our season. And uh, when I've talked about bliss, I've I've said, and I truly mean, I think my relationship with the marriage of Figaro will be changed after I see bliss. Mm -hmm. Gives us something new to reflect on and think of when we hear that beautiful music.
1: Most definitely. But I'm also fascinated to see the, the stagecraft of how that will be done. I know I understand that as they take different takes. Sometimes it'll go a little faster. Sometimes it might go a little slower. Uh, sometimes they may change some of the, the voicing between the performers on stage. Maybe the countess might be voiced by another performer at some moment. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all sort of evolves over the over the time.
0: Absolutely. You know, and 12 hours, you know, I just want to say for our audience, when you decide to come and attend Bliss, you are not getting yourself into a full 12 hour experience unless that's what you want. Bliss is an experience that you can drop into, stay for three minutes, stay for three hours, stay for 12 hours, um, any portion of time that you like. You can come and stay for a time and go away and come back again. Uh, This is an open experience for you to come and go. Um, And it's also a pay what you can experience. So um, no no fixed ticket cost for Bliss, uh, but come and join us for some portion of time at a time and uh, a price point that really suits you. Indeed. So I want to learn a little bit more, Arthur, about the brains behind bliss. I'm hoping you can tell us about the creator uh, and the person behind this work.
1: Certainly. Ragnar Kjartansson is a contemporary Icelandic artist who engages multiple artistic mediums throughout his performative practice. Now, his video installations, performances, drawings and paintings incorporate the history of film, music, visual culture and literature. His works are connected through their pathos and humor, uh, which each deeply influenced by the comedy and tragedy of classical theater. Uh, Kjartansson's use of a durational, repetitive performance to harness collective emotion is a hallmark of his practice and recurs throughout his work. Now, the 45-year-old artist was born in Reykjavik, Iceland. His mother was a well-known actress there in Iceland, and his father, a director and playwright. Now, as a young man, he was in and out of electronic pop and rock bands, uh, most notably a member of the Icelandic band Trebant. Kjartansson graduated from the Iceland Academy of Arts in 2001 and from the Royal Academy of Arts in Stockholm in 2000.
0: It's so exciting that we get to bring this piece of art, uh, you know, by this incredible artist to Detroit. And I'm really, really excited about the artists and the singers who are going to be performing Bliss here. There are so many uh, wonderful voices uh, who are going to bring this to life. And we have the chance to speak with one of those performers today.
1: We are so happy to welcome a great friend and very special guest to our podcast today. Detroit area soprano Nicole Joseph has delighted audiences in a wide range of performances across the country. She received critical acclaim for many recent opera performances, including Blanche in Dialogue of the Carmelites and Magna Sorel in The Council with Detroit's Opera Moto. the latter of which she earned her recognition with a nomination for the 2019 wild award for best opera performance. In 2020, Ms. Joseph was seen at Michigan Opera Theater's last pre-pandemic production as Nella in Johnny Skiki, uh, and following her debut in 2018 as Hattie in Daniel Sonnenberg's The Summer King. As a choral singer and soloist in many highly acclaimed ensembles, Nicole has performed frequently with the Sphinx Organization's Exigence Vocal Ensemble and Conspirare, with whom she received Grammy recognition as a featured soloist on their 2015 award-winning recording, The Sacred Spirit of Russia. Nicole has had the honor of performing for the nationally televised Aretha Franklin tribute concert held at Aretha Franklin Amphitheater in Detroit. We are so thrilled that she is here. Nicole Joseph, thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you with us. Tell us, first of all, uh, how did your participation uh, in Bliss come about?
2: Wow, Um, let's see. I think I got the call back in April. Um, to be a part of Blue and Bliss, I was very excited because I had heard about Blue, but Bliss was very much a new, um, a new, a new project, a new uh, idea. I had not heard of it before, and I said, "What is this?" And you know, I found out the 12 hours was really a thing, and <laughs> that was uh, quite a surprise. But I, I, you know, wanted to jump into it just because the the chance to sing the Countess, even though it's not the full role in the full context um, was really something and I was excited about. So that's kind of why I delved into this marathon challenge of doing this and I'm I am excited to to get started and to to see how this all goes on Saturday.
0: Yeah you mentioned Nicole this this 12 hour long performance. I mean as a singer, You mentioned surprise, you mentioned challenge. I mean, how has your relationship with the reality of this performance changed since you accepted the role, you know, first hearing about it till now where you're (laughs) just about to open? Uh, What is that like for you?
2: Yeah, um, it's definitely been a a slow realization, (laughs) but it's that, just how long 12 hours really is. Um, as we've kind of gone through this production period and, and with Zoom meetings and, and meeting with the cast and the production crew, it's been really interesting to look at, okay, what does this mean for us, for our bodies, for our voices? What do we need to sustain ourselves? How do we, how do we make it through these 12 hours? It's just been a, a really slow dawning <laughs> of, Wow, this is really happening, and and I think I I maybe think I'm a little crazy for accepting it, but aren't we all, you know? But um, but yeah, I think from excitement to ooh, I get to sing the Countess. It's very exciting. But what does this? What does it mean to dwell and to live in these these few minutes of music for such a prolonged period of time? For me, as we've gotten closer to it, I think I've gotten a little a little freaked out when I think about, you know, being away from my, my little girl for that long and just, just all what that means for my family and logistically. But then when you think about the challenge to be able to inhabit this character, hopefully completely for that amount of time too, it's, it is, it is a marathon. It's a challenge. And I think that's why I took it on because I said, you know, gosh, this is, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to to do something like this. Now that we're here, I still think I might be a little crazy, but but I think it's gonna be fun. And I know everybody in the cast is is on board, is game and and they're just wonderful artists and people. So I think between all all of us we'll be able to, you know, have something that is enjoyable. Nicole, can you
1: tell us how did you prepare vocally and physically to ensure that you could, you know, have the stamina to make it for these 12 hours?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, you don't know if you're going to be able to do it till you do it technically. But what I've been trying to do to prepare, I've been doing some yoga, a lot of deep breathing, a lot of like trying to meditate, actually, because I think the what I've heard at least is um, from people that have been a part of it is that there is this sort of, you know, I mean, the title is bliss, that there's this meditative kind of quality to it. And so trying to find like an, an inner center. And so I've been trying to meditate outside of that and then also singing and trying to meditate in a way too to kind of really zone in into a very tiny little place. And then what does it look like to kind of expand that out and to feel how does this reach out into to the other people that I'm connecting with on stage and to the audience? So I've been trying to uh, you know, sing about an hour at a time, just kind of getting bits and pieces and what does it feel like to to just keep doing it over and over again where are the places that feel like oh yeah that's that's easy peasy I know I know what to do in that phrase every single time and and sometimes it's you know okay I get a different I get the chance to sing it differently this time of course and I think that's really what I'm looking forward to is you know when you do a performance you a typical performance you find your way into into you know how you're portraying your character and What's exciting about this is that we get, to, we get to perform the be real, we get to perform the outtake, so to speak. And so to feel what that's like with um, having to be able to just kind of find all those different colors and, and the responses that you may not choose, if you were doing this in the full production, like how can you kind of really open up the box and, and, and use all the colors available to you? So I'm looking forward to that piece. And the preparation has been just um, trying, <laughs> trying to wrap my head around it and get my, my body physically ready. Yoga, stretching, lots and lots of stretching.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you have a really, um, almost finely tuned at this point sort of preparation process for yourself. But, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about the rehearsal process and uh, the process of creating this with the company. Um, what have rehearsals been like leading up to opening
2: this Saturday? Yeah. um, so we've only done rehearsals uh, via Zoom. Um and really, these have just been discussions of everything from you know the the meta, like the concept of how do we view this piece and what it means for our community and, and to do this right now in this space to when do we eat and when do we drink and when do we take a break? <laughs> you know, all of those things have been, you know, discussed. And so we hopefully have a good idea of how, what we're all getting into um, when we come together. So it's been really, really lovely to to have the leadership of, of Yuval and Christopher to kind of guide us in this, in thinking about how this can all come together, and how we can make sense of twelve hours of the same thing,
1: Nicole. Because this piece is more performance art, did your approach to it change as compared to you preparing your roles, for example, in Blue, or as or in uh, Johnny Skiki?
2: Yes and no. I mean, I think you know, having come off of Blue, where where that piece was, you know, musically much more difficult to learn all of the notes pitches and rhythms and everything and all of that was a different way of having to delve into things musically but I think no matter what you're singing it really you have to put take the time to to feel how it feels in your voice and how do you want to create the phrases and all of that and so even though it's Mozart and oh yeah I, I know those I know that part it's no big deal it's not as hard musically but it is you still have to infuse the intention and the and the meaning, and even more so than if you were to do, you know, something like blue or or and really anything else where everything is really in the libretto for you. This you kind of have you have to create your own libretto behind this. So I think that is, you know, similar but different, and I guess vocally, kind of the same thing that you need to. What I've been trying to do is to find, again, based on those based on that libretto, that subtext in my mind, how am I then going to color that and achieve that, those intentions vocally. So really not that different, (laughs) except don't have to worry about, you know, some crazy entrances and gluing my eyeballs to the conductor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Will this be your first foray into doing the Countess? Have you done any other uh, Mozart roles as well?
2: I have, I actually did Susanna about 10 years ago now. So very familiar with the show. Um, but I've not sung the role of the Countess in performance yet. Although I've, you know, sung the arias and things, but I've only done Susanna, which was a really. <laughs> it was fun. It was really, really fun. So it's it's interesting to to be able to come back to the show, but in a different role. Sure, um, and to see the, yeah. uh, the
1: evolution of, and you understand her character, of course, in a different way than having been Susanna, of course. Yes,
2: exactly, and and ten years later in my life <laughs> as well.
0: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay
2: well how lucky for
0: us that we get to see this uh this debut of yours even even only in a small portion of the music but um i just really loved what you said about thinking of this as like the outtakes of figaro you know like all of the very different ways that you can play any one moment um you know it's such an important part of being a performer is making those choices so you get to make all the choices
2: yes absolutely (laughs) over and over again
0: (laughs) over and over again exactly many times I'm wondering, Nicole. You know, Bliss is being performed at uh, the Michigan Building Theater. What can you tell us about being in that space? And that space is a performance venue.
2: Wow. Yeah. Um, such a step back in time is what it feels like. I kind of love driving around places, and there are many beautiful places in Detroit where you see what it was, and and you see the decay, and you see you see it's it's like you can imagine you know go back 50 75 years what was it like to be in this space who lived here who who walked the streets and and said hi to their neighbor and you know what was it like to be in this space in this community in the time when when it was vibrant and so um i think to to play in that type of a an environment by being in the michigan theater building is very interesting you know, and I think in, in one of our discussions, I think you followed, it was that, that spoke about, you know, opera is you know, <laughs> practically art, feels like a very archaic art form. You know, it's so, it's so grand and, and old school. And, um, you know, but how do, we, how do we look at it from today? How do we look back and see the vibrancy and the beauty of it that may have been there in the time it was written? But how does that then speak to us now how do we grapple—not just grapple, but how do we just accept that it is what it is now, too? Um, just like with the the building and then the decay and and the beauty and the the architecture and there's so many fine little pieces, you know, the plaster and all of the the work and craftsmanship that was there. How do we kind of interact with that in a way that's that's still meaningful for us? And so. I, I'm excited to to be in a space like that. It's very big and grand and open. And I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of feel filling up the, the grandness with this other type of reality.
1: So, Nicole, here's a question I've been dying to ask you. <laughs> so, how are you and your colleagues handling like the basic human needs during this 12-hour performance? You know, eating, drinking, etc.
2: Yeah, such a good question. Well, praise. Praise, praise, praise be <laughs> for, for Elizabeth Anderson and everyone else who is helping with all of the preparation work in, in, in that regard. I, I have heard that there will be multiple meals on stage, which is going to be incredible. So, and then we also get to have Fred's backstage. So they are really taking such good care of us that we will not be hungry, that is for sure. And I think we'll get to take breaks really as as needed and one person will be on break at any one moment and so we there are moments in which you know if I'm on break Susanna sings my line and there are other places like that where people will cover for one another but it is such an ensemble section of of the piece that it's there's not really much that needs to get covered so to speak so it's really just, I think they've just tried to prepare us for how do we, you know, take breaks when you need to and, and take a rest. And I know I'm going to be in my child's pose <laughs> practicing my, um, using my yoga stretches and breathing and probably a foam roller here and there, you know, just to kind of get, get some, some cramps out um, in my, in my legs or whatever. So I think really we'll just have to Kind of see what we need as the time goes on, and and thankfully they've, uh, Michigan Opera Theater has been so so thorough in providing what we think we might need, and yeah, we're just gonna hope for the best and pray we all make it to the end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I you know I read a review and I read a review of Bliss that talked about you know the reviewer as an audience member watching the performers lean on one another and kind of reinforcing Mm. this idea that forgiveness is communal that everything we do is communal and like we live in community and that was so reflected by the ways that the performers were propping each other up through this marathon and so I think that what I'm hearing from you really also seems to speak to that which I think is really cool and exciting and part of what makes this so unique
2: oh yeah that's that's beautiful I haven't hadn't read that review that sounds exactly (laughs) like what I think I might need and and I hope too. what you know maybe is what people do get out of it that you no one is doing any of this alone you know we all need one another to to get through and I think you know in this past year throughout the pandemic and that that's really been the case and I and I know we we've probably said it over and over again that we we have to get through this together and we need each other to do so But, you know, life is that way. And so we have to kind of just embrace that and and celebrate it and be thankful for it, for sure. Yeah, I
0: think that probably answers the next question I was going to ask, Nicole. I was going to ask, you know, what do you hope audiences will take away from the experience of bliss? You just spoke so beautifully about interdependence and the way we lean on each other in community. Is there anything more that you would add about what audiences might come away with, or at least that you hope they might come away with?
2: Mm, I think on a surface level that, you know, opera can be something different is is always good but more that it's just something that is that can speak to us in a way that we can't even really quantify you know and I think the fact that this is just this moment in time this moment of forgiveness over and over again that we live in that I think we all need that right now I know I do so yeah I guess just that people would 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 feel the freedom to to meditate to be at peace and to enjoy this this moment that we each create together that whoever's there on stage in the audience that we are all kind of a family in that one moment so that you know we kind of create these bonds with each other with our community and our broader our broader community wh- whoever's coming that we can you know find and forge those connections so yeah I'm hopeful for that
1: well, Nicole, my final question is: What are your plans immediately after this performance? Are you going to go to Disney World or something? Or what? What do you have plans?
2: <laughs> oh, you mean besides sleep? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even—I don't even know, man. Just sleep. No, um, besides after recovery, well, I'll say that I have a—I do have another. Um, performance the following week with exigence actually we'll be in north carolina um singing so but yeah i think once once we're done with this it's going to be a pat on the back and and hallelujah we did it and um just going back to kind of some rest and and rehabilitation
0: (laughs) i was going to say nicole a hot bath and a nap right
2: (laughs) yes please absolutely (laughs) well
1: nicole we can't wait to see this performance thank you so much for being with us today
2: thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure
1: and thank you too to everyone listening to our glimpse into mot's production of bliss we hope to see you at the michigan building theater on saturday september 25th between the hours of noon and midnight
0: To purchase tickets to Bliss or to find more information on the production, visit our website at michiganopera.org. You can also connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you at the opera.